Welcome to the Back in Shape podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the best supplement for lower back pain. I've got a few notes up on the board as always to make sure that we cover all the various bits and pieces today. And hopefully this one's gonna get you thinking and maybe consider things that you hadn't before. We're gonna evaluate some supplements that maybe are um, options for one of the best supplements or most popular supplements perhaps, um, and hopefully tie this off in a really, really nice way. It's gonna be helpful for you and maybe get you doing some things that you haven't been doing before to really enhance your recovery process. This is kind of also on some of the experience speaking to our members speaking to patients in clinic as well to help sort of share that with you guys because it is perhaps going to be something that you really hadn't thought of before so with that out of the way what are we going to be talking about first well the very first thing we're going to be talking about is that nutrition unequivocally plays a role in your health and certainly in the recovery of your lower back pain if we're not getting the nutrition correct, then we're going to be getting into a lot of trouble. And I think it's helpful by first identifying that if we're to find what would constitute the best supplement for lower back pain or for back pain in general, or even arguably maybe for injuries in general, perhaps not just the lower back, if we are gonna find that, we want to first establish what would we look for in a supplement that what is it going to be doing in our body that's going to put it up there in the ranking, so to speak? And for, to do that, we need to effectively establish what do we need? What is our body trying to do? So for those of you that have watched many of our videos before and maybe been subscribed to the podcast for a while, this may be a little bit of revision for you. But fundamentally, the lower back is injured. We have an injury, damaged tissue. In a lot of cases, it's going to be connective tissue, collagenous tissue, maybe some muscular tissue, etc. Those are injured. It might be some ligaments, etc. And in many cases, we have a requirement for strengthening of the supporting structures around there, the muscles primarily, improving the muscular strength and competence in those areas. So we need something that's maybe going to help this process along. And later on in this video, we're hopefully going to cover some of the pitfalls that might lead you to overvalue certain supplements over other in the pursuit of what might be a helpful supplement for your lower back pain. So now we've understood that there's an injury there that we want to try and help and that we are also going to have to be building muscle tissue. What's going to be next? Well, why might we be using a supplement for lower back pain? Because at the end of the day, our body is always trying to heal. It is going to be trying to go through those healing processes on a daily basis. The body, even if you don't have an injury, is going to be going through remodeling, adjustment process. For example, that might mean, and this is why it's, it's so important, one of the big frustrations for me is when um, you might see a, a specialist say, oh yeah, just go for a walk, that'll help you strengthen, or something to that effect, or just stay active. It's very, very unhelpful. If we take that uh, to the extreme, we look at for example, the astronaut that goes to space, they have to do intensive rehabilitative work when they come back to Earth because the stimulation of gravity on their body is less. Their body's listening to this all the time. We're going, hey, we've got this strong bone density. We've got these strong muscles. We don't need them up here. Get rid of them. Break them down. We don't need that level of bone density. We don't need that muscular strength here. It's a waste of resources. Put it somewhere else. So when your body is trying to heal, it needs stimulation, but it also needs resources your body is changing all the time and when we've got an injury we're going to be trying to do those things i mentioned earlier heal the tissues and strengthen and rebuild now one of the common supplements and i'm going to cover these two i think there's definitely value in them they help tons of people but they wouldn't be the best if i was to have to choose because that's the topic of this video the best supplement if we take turmeric and we think okay what would turmeric be doing generally speaking the active ingredient curcumin in turmeric is going to be reducing inflammation it's trying to get a handle on that, and for many people that's helpful, but that's taking a bodily process and it's reducing it. So we're having an inhibitory manner, and many supplements might well work in that manner. Many um, 
uh, maybe herbs, etc., are going to work in inhibiting a natural process. And that's fine, but that isn't enhancing anything. We're not doing anything to improve the healing of the lower back, and we're not doing anything to improve the strengthening process necessary in parts of our rehabilitation. So what next? Let's go and look at magnesium, another great supplement. And both of these are great ones that people do use. What's the magnesium doing? Well, that's helping lubricate the numerous processes in the body, helping enzymes do certain things in our heart function, in our nerve function, in our muscle function. It's helping those processes along, providing the lubrication of those wheels. Again, that's going to be a little bit better if we think about an, an establishment of criteria that we would look for. Okay, magnesium is maybe doing something to enhance the body's natural processes. Great, necessary. But is it quite good enough? And I would argue both of these, although they're great and they're very popular and we would recommend them, they're not quite the best. So what is going to be the best supplement? In my opinion, it's going to be protein. And I'm gonna to explain to you guys why it actually meets the needs of all these things and the huge benefits of protein, generally speaking. First and foremost, it's not a nuanced little supplement. For example, magnesium, a micronutrient, and a mineral, etc., or turmeric, a little herb. It is a macronutrient. Our body is made of protein. It's used, it's broken down in a myriad of processes. For example, protein is broken down to produce its constituent amino acids, which do all sorts of things in the body. Sometimes they're reconstituted in different forms to produce things like glutathione, which is a powerful antioxidant. Many people will take glutathione as a supplement, a detoxation supplement, and that's great. But if we don't get enough protein, if we give ourselves enough protein, our body's going to try and make that. We've got collagen for example, which is the building block. That's very important because if we're providing enough collagen to the body or the protein that's broken down to amino acids that's rebuilt to collagen as needed, then we're going to be helping that healing process. So that's already hitting number one. The protein is helping the healing process. So that's there. It's also used in muscle function. So not only are the amino acids broken down, some of those amino acids are going to, when, when ingested in sufficient uh, uh, proportions, that's going to signal to the body, you need to do muscle synthesis, you need to build muscle here. The other two that we mentioned earlier on aren't doing that. So protein has so many variable uh, effects on the body by the way of which it's broken down and then used as building blocks in some regard. In other regard, it's used as signaling molecules. Some of those little amino acids go and tell the body to do stuff. And that's really, really important. And the reason, one of the big reasons, not only those two, because those are enough, because they're already addressing the original criteria that we were looking for helping healing by providing the raw materials and helping build our body afterwards. The real kicker here with protein is so many people, especially unfortunately ladies, do not get enough in their diet. It is often completely and utterly overlooked. And I would use the example, and if you've already seen some of the uh, article that we did that goes alongside our podcast, then you probably have already seen this example, but it's worth repeating. Those other supplements like the superfoods, which often are high in antioxidants, maybe it's curcumin, maybe it's vitamin A, B, whatever it is, vitamin C, etc. They're high in those and they're touted as great supplements, absolutely huge superfoods that have these things in and maybe it's in supplement form or just food form. But they're often there and they're high in these nutrients. But those would be like if you're trying to rebuild a damaged house that's been damaged by the storm, those superfoods, those antioxidants, etc. are like having the furnishings in the house, a lovely table, nice, nice knives and forks, a lovely glass, beautiful chairs. But the protein is like the walls. And it's all well and good getting your body lots of nice furnishings in that house. But if you've got gaping holes in the wall, the windows aren't there and the roof's falling off, that's not gonna do very well for your healing process. You have to get 
the necessaries first. And I would put to you that actually, if you're taking the turmeric, if you're taking the magnesium, but you're not getting enough protein on a daily basis, you are putting the cart before the horse. You're not getting the essentials of life. You're getting the nice to haves. You're getting the enhancements afterwards. You could do well because if you've just got protein, you would be achieving some of those two goals that we mentioned earlier, or both of them. But if you just go for the turmeric or the magnesium or both, or supplements of that nature, we are not addressing that objective. We don't have that objective in mind. And that is so very important that we are really quite critical with whether or not these supplements are meeting the needs when we're looking at the best one. There are great ones, but we're looking in this particular article for the best one. And I think because so many people do not get enough of protein on a daily basis in their diet, they really fall into the trap of being in an insufficient manner and therefore just adding something as simple that's available in food, whether it's plant-based or whether it's meat-based or whether it's a powder because you just can't get enough on board. It's so easy to add protein and relatively inexpensive. Sure, if we've got some particular dietary requirements and we talk about this in the article and the specific sort of numbers that you should be aiming for, etc. I'll go into a little bit in a moment, but there's more detail there. But yes, if we've got some specific dietary requirements, we might want to go for a pea protein. Let's say we're vegan. Or let's say we have dairy intolerances. We might still want to go for a whey protein because that's really the best, in my opinion. But we might need to go for an isolate or concentrate, which is a little bit purer and doesn't have some of those impurities that cause us a little bit of stomach discomfort. So we might have to adjust things a little bit if we can't get it all from our food. But the great thing is that we do have those relatively easy options to get enough. And that brings me to the next point. How much turmeric should you be having? How much magnesium should you be having? How much are you having in your diet? Do you know? Can you measure? How do you know if you're having enough even if you're taking the supplement? You don't. It's not easy to do that. Now, we can do blood tests, for example, with magnesium or vitamin D. We can see how much is in our blood and we can monitor that to check for appropriate levels. But with protein, it's so very easy. Now, some of the outdated research on terms of levels was often initially done to say, what level of protein do we need for an adult human being to avoid disease? And it was around about 0.8 grams per kilogram. Again, detailed um, Detailed calculations are going to be on the article. I won't go through those here. But 0.8 grams of protein a day per kilogram of body weight. Now, some of the more up-to-date research talks about 1 to 1.5 for normal living. You don't want to be shooting for to avoid disease. You want to be shooting for normal living. And there are also additional nuances that are coming out nowadays, talking about decreased sensitivity to protein as we get older. So maybe that range of one gram to 1.5 grams needs to be more towards the upper end for you specifically, because you're a little bit older and therefore less sensitive. For example, I mentioned earlier about those singling. When the protein is taken on board, we break it down to some of those amino acids. Some of those have signaling roles in the body to tell your body to do something. And therefore, if you're a little bit less sensitive to those, you might need a little bit more. And that just is naturally a part of the aging process. So if you're only shooting for avoiding disease um, level, 0.8 grams per kilogram body weight, and you're in that category of maybe being a little bit less sensitive to protein nowadays because of your age, then that can really leave you a mile away from where you want to be. And unfortunately, a lot of ladies in particular, more so than men, are not even getting that 0.8 grams on a regular basis. And it's something, that, as we've discussed hopefully by now in this particular podcast, it's already becoming really obvious that this is an essential nutrient. It's something that your body really needs. So much of your body is made up of protein or its constituent elements. So many, of, so many things in our body that do stuff, enzymes, hormones, etc., the cells in our body, the muscles on our bones, they all require this essential nutrient. So if we're trying to go through a healing process, knowing that it's probably a nutrient that you're not getting enough of, 
and it's a nutrient that you can effectively measure. You can go through at the end of the day, maybe using something like MyFitnessPal or just a spreadsheet on your phone. You can Google within 10, 15 minutes, Googling the sort of protein contents in different foods. You can very easily establish what's in what you're eating on a daily basis. You can say, right, I hit that one to 1.5 grams per kilogram of body weight, or I didn't. Very, very easy. And you know, hey, actually that day, I kind of went a bit overboard. I hit two grams. Maybe, maybe that's a little bit too much. I don't quite need that much. You know, and you can very easily monitor that in a, in a very accurate manner, which is again why I say the protein is going to be the best supplement you can start taking. Whether you take it in a supplement form or whether you just get it from your diet, I don't really mind. Naturally, having it from a good diet is always going to be better. But it always used to frustrate me when the doctors would say something to, to a patient, when a GP would say to a patient, yeah, but you don't need those supplements because you can just get it from your diet. Rather than going, you could, but are you? The important question is, are you getting it from your diet? Thinking about for ladies, some of the consequences of these things, let's say vitamin D, bone density. Is our bone density appropriate? You need vitamin D, are you getting it from your diet? No, okay, well take the supplement then. Protein, are you getting it in your diet? You can very easily establish very quickly if you are. Take the last five days, measure up your intake, and then say yes or no. If you're not, either adjust your food intake, if you can't tolerate that, take the supplement. It's so easy to be accurate. And that is probably why I would say this supplement is going to be the best one for low back pain. And for probably for your health in general. You can measure whether you're having enough from your food or not to get it into the right levels. You can also, of course, realize that it has so many different benefits within the body. You're providing your body with the raw materials to do what it needs to do to recover, to rebuild, to regenerate. And then three, it's going to support that muscular growth. And it does so many other things besides that. And then once you've got that taken care of, you can then look to some of those other things and say, hey, well, what about if I do this to help here? Maybe some turmeric. Maybe I take some magnesium because I'm not quite getting enough of that because of soil, uh, soil quality these days. It's not as uh, prolific in our general diet. And therefore, maybe that can help as well. And you can really build on a strong foundation. And that way, you're going to have much more results in terms of optimizing everything for not only recovery for your back pain, but just your long-term health in general. You'll be supporting your body in so many great ways. So that, hopefully, has given you guys a better understanding of why I would put this as the best supplement or the most essential supplement for your lower back pain. Hopefully, it's given you some ideas to go away and have a look at your intake, make some changes if necessary. And again, if you click the link in the notes here today on this particular episode, you will see four steps on the article on the website, four easy steps you can take to actually start to get a handle on this, measure it, and then move forwards with regards to the necessary actions as your measurements uh, give you the, the information in real time. So that should hopefully be really helpful. As always, if you do have any questions, you're not quite sure about protein, hey, protein's bad, what about this, what about that? Post in the comments below. We'd love to hear your comments and critiques because there's a lot of misinformation about protein, a lot of poor understanding about protein specifically. And it's unequivocal that it is one of the three macronutrients, protein, carbohydrates, fats. What do each of them do? The two of those arguably maybe are more important than the other and those cannot be made by the others. For example, something worth bearing in mind as well. As always, if you do find these videos helpful, consider subscribing to the channel and sharing it with someone else that could benefit. Thanks for joining us and we will see you in the next episode of the Bike and Shape podcast.